If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, and obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcast near the PGC Glazier Clinic in Chicago, Illinois. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, with Sam Allen filling in for TJ Rosine. Sam, today we're going to be talking about our role as coaches in helping get our players into college, right? And specifically from an athletic perspective, get to that next level. You know, I, I personally think this is a responsibility of coaches, all right? Not to do it completely, right? But it is a responsibility that, that we get an opportunity to develop these players, but we also should take some ownership and trying to help facilitate and get them to the next level. Not just from a player development standpoint, but also guiding them, right? And not letting them get steered in the wrong direction or not having them need to go to some necessarily online recruiting service where they don't know that person and, and that person could have mixed uh, intentions, you know, to do something. But, but rather you having the relationship, you part of your guiding and mentoring process as a coach, actually having a, a process in place that helps that. My experience says this, Sam. More often than not, coaches will help their players, but there's not a very formalized, intentional process that's been created. It's not very extravagant. It's almost kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Let's, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it, and maybe we'll send some links out. But I think it could be better. I think coaches could be more intentional. I think it could be enhanced. And I think when you do that, you just make your program just kind of uh, elevated in many ways, right? Yeah. Uh, there's many layers to this conversation, Adam. And I think it's a joint effort. I think, there, I think to your point, fair, that coaches carry some of that burden. But let's not assume either that every high school coach knows the game plan to do it. Like there's an there's an education process there. There's some coaches who have who have been fortunate to have college level players and they've been through it, so they learn during that process how to help. There's some coaches, high school coaches that play at the college level or even coach the college, so they they understand. But then there's some that don't have as much knowledge and experience with it. But but I would challenge coaches. You're in the circle to be able to better know and learn that information than a parent or a player. Okay, you, you should be right. Like. You've, you're in a coaching fraternity or sorority, right? And you know you've got access to coaching staffs in the building, right? Your other coaches, so y- you may not have necessarily generated a lot of athletes from the basketball sport in your school, but there's a good chance right down the hall your football program has put a couple in. I say all that, you are closer to the knowledge than most parents and players are. Yeah, so you're saying that the coach needs to be a, a proactive in it and and educating themselves and for sure yeah i agree uh, so there there's so many layers to it there there's so there should be accountability with the coach but also with the families and the kids i know we're going to unpack that um where do you think it starts i mean that's a great question so i i think it starts with the coach but then it ultimately starts with the conversation right establishing where you want to go right like establishing an understanding if they even want to play college if they even want to play so 
coaches should not be sitting back being like, oh, I had no idea you had intentions for that. Right? Like that should never come to a surprise as a coach. There should be open dialogue throughout the entire process. And, and that's part of end of the season meetings, right? Yeah. Like exit meetings. Like what is your goal for next year? What are you going to be doing? You know, what is your ultimate goal? Those types of things. And hopefully but, that even, sorry to interrupt, starts even as early as freshman year where you're just getting them dreaming. Is this something you're dreaming about? You know, and who you are as a ninth, I mean, a 14 year old ninth grader. They all want to play college ball. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you see the work that's required, <laughs> then those can change. But, um, but even it, this can happen. You can be in ninth grade and maybe not have, uh, you know, I'm not really thinking about college basketball. All of a sudden, they start getting better. Ooh, then maybe they grow five, six inches, or or they just become a better player. When you get good at something, what do you want to do? You want to do it some more, and and then goals change. But yeah, I, I agree with the notion. It shouldn't sneak up on you. We shouldn't be sitting there in January or February or March and be like, "Oh, you wanted to play? I didn't know." I, I think if your player comes into your coach's office with aspirations uh, that that are real right like like it's real that's a real possibility right because this player has the talent they have the work ethic that type of thing if they come into your office and say you know i, I really want to play at the next level i really have it on my heart that's something i desire i think as a coach you need to be equipped in advance to be able to say if that's the case let's do it let's have a we already have a plan like this isn't a new experience per se so even on your first go around you could try to you know reduce that learning curve by asking questions seeking counsel reaching out to mentors and things like that but my my thing is there's a lot of athletes that are in my community that i work with that you know have expressed frustration at times right because they feel like their coach isn't really support that they've the coaches kind of just let them do their thing and and now i see all of a sudden then they start them and their parents are trying to figure it out and it gets kind of messy there they start going down different paths and they start trying to latch paying on a lot of money paying a lot of money or just seeking advice from everybody and anybody and everyone's got an uncle you know that like knows how to do it and all of a sudden they're going down this path when i'm like that that should not be the case and I also think it's a, a poor reflection on your program, right? Because I know in some situations, there's been. I'm, I'm not a transferring advocate. I, I'm not a. I don't like it, right? Um, but there's a lot of players that, you know, they get frustrated because they feel like the coach just isn't really interested in helping them get to that point, and and they want a coach who's in their back, who who's got their back and is in their corner. So they they start looking elsewhere, or like maybe the younger sibling coming up under them, right? Like the parents like. I didn't want to do this, but like what I just experienced with so and so, like mm-hmm. left a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like I need to explore other options. Well, I th- I think what you bring up a good point that maybe you have, if you have a system in place as a high school coach where your your freshmen that enter your program, you have a packet that you hand out at the once once everybody makes the team, you hand out to the families of like, hey, here's our system that we have in place of identifying whether you like to play college basketball. What are what are the academic requirements of it? Hey, you know, and I used to do this. I used to do consulting with families. But like you've got you've got academic requirements. You break down division 1, division 2, division 3 requirements like how many scholarships does division 1 offer? Now most people don't even know this stuff. NAI, junior college, like an edu- an informative session. Hey, here's the realities of if you want to play division 1 basketball. There's only been, you know, 
83 athletes from this state in the last six years. So you're, you know, like those there's some real stats that you can collect. And, and, and where would a player learn that if not from their coach? Like I'm just, literally, I'm not putting it on coach on it, but like what are their? Well, you got on the internet. A big you know? part of today's basketball culture is the travel ball coach has taken a. You know, and I'm in that world. A more proactive approach with it? Well, not only proactive, but they're almost the lead voice. And here's why. Because they're playing in front of more coaches during the spring and summer. And so they're talking to more college. I mean, there are kids now that sign with college programs where the college coach never talked to the high school coach. That's been a major shift in the last 15 years Hmm. in today's culture. And so – there's just more pieces. There's more, more, more people, um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There's more opportunities than ever for kids too. So if I'm sitting here hearing that as a high school coach, that's going to like inspire me and push me to like want to be more intentional than ever, right? Because like I want to be part of that process. Like I, 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 I want to be part of that in the for the kids' sake. I want to be part of it for my program's sake. That would inspire me. And I've got some ideas on, on things that coaches could do to really implement and all that. Before we do, though, let's take a quick halftime break with our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, it is so important at the end of a coach-player meeting that the coach asks the player to repeat back what they just heard. Oftentimes, this is a mistake that is overlooked and not done by coaches during these meetings. But it is so important Do not run the risk of feeling that you're condescending or patronizing the player by asking them to repeat that. This is simply a measure that can allow you both to make sure you're fully on the same page for everything that you discuss. So this week and the weeks ahead as you have these meetings with your players, take a moment, ask them to repeat back what they heard, and I promise you, you both will feel better about the conversation. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app serving over 15 million people across the globe, helping teams get organized all the way from their parents, players, and coaches. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. Check them out today. Sam, so I think about different aspects of development in a program. I think about a coach who's desiring to develop their player's skill set, right? And there's a plan in place, right? You know, we're going to do this, and then we're going to build on that and do this. And I I think from an intentionality standpoint, we've got to have a similar thought process to get our players to that next level if that's what they aspire to do, right? And and they they have the skill set, and you think it's a realistic possibility. I I would love to see coaches be more intentional and actually create – a, a plan and create some product, right, that helps enhance the experience, right? So the day of just sending a huddle link, which is great, right? Send your huddle link. You see the highlight and see what happens. But, you know, what if you could enhance it? How could you enhance it? You know, what if you actually put together uh, – this is something I shared in, in one of the sessions today. Um, there's a lot of tools online. One of my favorite tools is a tool called Canva. Are you familiar with it, Sam? Is that where you can create graphics? Yeah, and, yeah. It, it'll turn every average person like you and I, not calling you average, right? But <laughs> call me average, Sam. Every average person uh, and turn them into a graphic designer. Incredible tool. Low, low cost, right? How cool would this be? How powerful would this be? If you created a quote-unquote media kit that was customized, professionally done, right? Even through an online source that you could do it yourself, 
for your player, right? So maybe the, the cover page is a well graphically designed cover page that has the athlete's name, height, weight, photo of them, and then you know maybe page one is is about their family, right? And then page two talks about their history of playing basketball. So uh, uh, maybe they start in sixth grade and move to seven, you know, and they speak about the growth and the different kind of s- stages, and then they speak about the highlights of their tenth grade year and the highlights of their eleventh grade year, and then page five is the highlights of their twelfth grade year. Page six, we start digging into them as a student athlete, right? How they've achieved and, and thrived in the classroom. And then page seven, you know, goes into their community work, things that they've done outside of basketball to, to kind of speak to the community. You know, and we put something like that. All of a sudden, in addition to a huddle link, Sam, we, we send this kit, right? This player profile kit. To the college coach? To the college coach. And a coach opens it up and it's like, wow. This is really impressive, right? So how do we – when everybody's going after it, Sam, when everybody's going after it, how do you differentiate yourself, right? Like you've got to do something, right? So you do that, and then you combine it with the huddle link and maybe gets a little bit more attention from a coach. But then when you position it to a family, right, or someone who's looking to come into your program, let's say it's a private school and you're trying to say, do we help with that? We absolutely, right? I've – coined the phrase next level plan nlp right oh yeah we can put them through our next level plan oh really what is that oh we put an entire media kit together right we you know you know we then send it out to our database of coaches but i know this is where you kind of chime in on this there's a responsibility for the parent and player in this though yeah before even going there adam so two things i think what you're suggesting is a good idea I think it doesn't hurt, and I think it helps with the overall framing of your program from a coach's perspective. But like a college coach in a day, you know, his initial interest is going to be because can you play? Okay, alongside now for like a Division three or small college coach, the academic component, can you play and do you have the academic? So those are going to be the most pressing things. So like, you know, I know even when I was coaching college, like what you did as a 10th grader doesn't have as much interest in me, right? So that's one that I like, you know, sometimes a college coach gets an email and they want something quick and they don't want to read seven pages. They want to read initial couple headlines, grab their attention. Okay, let me dig a little here. That's one thing. The second thing is I think what you're looking to is helping, you know, the high school coach or the coach helping out the family. And I think it starts with just a real genuine interest in them and an informative educational process. Going back to what I said earlier, informing them on what are some academic requirements, the benefits of having high academics and how that could give you additional academic money in addition to athletic scholarship. Because the majority of kids, Adam, are not Division One players. Mm-hmm. And and this is probably another podcast, but I, I hate the mentality of D1 or bust. Like so many kids, so many families, so many coaches even like spread this myth like it's a D1 or bust. No, it's not. Like it's so far from the truth. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to play at the high level. Now I'm taking us down another road. So bring me back here. Back <laughs> so to I'm going to challenge something you said. Okay, so do. I I don't know if I fully believe that coaches just want something quick, right? I college I, coaches. College coaches. I say that with a slight um, asterisk, okay, because there is an exception in there. Going to the second part, which I'll share in a second about the responsibility of the players and the parents in this process. You know, they've got to do certain things to make sure that. You know, if I'm the coach sending it out, 
putting out my reputation, I think the big thing in this also plays into if I'm sending things out on behalf of the player, okay, I want the coach that's receiving it to take that significantly, right? Because I only reach out and send this to you when I've got a player that I think is worth something. And if I'm just a coach who's just flooding every year, just like floods it, and it does like, and these prospects are nowhere near the level. Okay, all of a sudden you start getting ignored, and coaches just start thumbing through it. But if I'm a coach that has relationships with colleges, and I'm only sending strategically, I think that I think they will look, I think they will read, I think they want to. I think about all the all the way across the board, all these. College coaches, I mean, they're spending so much time trying to get to know the player, right? They're trying to emulate the NFL and NBA process of really trying to do their research on the player and the character and trying to get all the information, and they go deep into the archives and all that. I think if you put it out there in front, I think that's pretty impressive. In fact, like on the professional ranks, their staff, the NBA staff, will go out and put together these kits for their player profiles to present it up to the top. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you're kind of doing it for them, right? Okay, you're but, creating the kit, the profile kit that gives that coach a full understanding of the good and the bad, right? Like, because we're not going to lie, it's going to be truthful, right? Yeah, single dad, you know, like rough, like a, yeah, so, a full profile kit. So a, a play, so a coach could really get a clear understanding of this player and differentiate him from the other 50 emails that are just the same huddle link, you know, generic. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm big in differentiating. I, I think it's so key. Okay, but and I know your skill set will be the big differentiator, but I think there's additional things you can do. One of the worst things that somebody can tell a college coach is, Coach, he can play for you. You know how many times a college coach hears that from somebody who – a couple of things. Number one, that person who just said it, the high school coach, the, the tribal coach, hadn't been to a game in their conference – like ever, or in the last five years. So you don't even know what type of player, or you haven't seen a player that goes there, right? So, like, that's one of the worst things. But then you said, you know, like, not flooding their email account. I agree. But are we saying that this coach has relationships with the coaches they're emailing? How do you, if they don't have a relationship, how do they know whether it's legit? There's no relationship. So there. that's the second component of the NLP. The next level plan, Sam. <laughs> Have you already filed this as an LLC? We I mean, it? listen, we'll, we'll depend on the feedback of this episode. No, but there's there's obviously got to be a database of college coaches, right? You know, that's okay. part of building that that ploy. So, like, I'm, I'm talking about being intentional, right? So, like, if you're going to be intentional, part of that intentionality is going out and actually meeting coaches, right? Meeting a network and a series of coaches that you have relationships with, that that you have rapport with, that whether it's through clinics like PGC Glazier. Going right. to their practices and learning. Yeah. Absolutely, right? So, like, even in a modified version, I don't get that caught up in, in this, you know, like the recruiting game. But I've got some athletes that on occasion that I'm working with that I feel like just aren't getting the looks that they should for one reason or another, and I will go through this process with them. And I've got a small network, but I will email a couple coaches throughout the country if I've got someone who I really think is like a val- valuable candidate, Right. And in essence, we'll create this packet, this kit. Hey, this is the rundown. And that email, when done strategically and not oversaturated, will get a lot more attention and looks, right? And if I could do some things in there to differentiate, I think it goes a long way. Um, Once you get to that point of your email and the coach, then we, we've – well, I think we skipped over some important conversation. We, we did. So, so here's, the other, here's the other dynamic. So 
when you're trying to do this and, and be more intentional, we said this earlier, the, the players play a role in this, and so do the parents. The parents play a role in this as well. So I believe you know, if you're going to create this and say this is something I want to help you with and I want to be intentional with this, this is what I need from you, and this is where the rubber meets the road. right? I've, I've got a set of list of things. Criteria that, that criteria I want you to meet. That I need you to meet, okay? And, and not just you, the player, but also you, the parent, right? Because the last thing I'm going to do is pass along my reputation and endorse you. You get signed up at their school, and six months later, I get an email from the coach be like, man, you sent me the craziest mother I've ever met. Like, this lady is crazy. What did you do? Right? So, like, I, I got to be respectful of that. I can't do this. We need a list of criteria. And you have to do these things and honor these things and play at this standard and be at this standard if you want this type of assistance and effort. Yeah, because I'm not going to lie for you or be dishonest because the one time – I see this happen all the time. One of my good friends, they had a player that was sent to them by somebody they thought. There's a college coach. That player came into the program, struggled to go to class, didn't bring good work ethic to the practice floor, gone and gone by January. And now that high school program – is forever black has a black mark on them because that college coach isn't going to recruit anybody because he's been he's felt he's been lied to that happens more than you think so you got the criteria so key right and i was just thinking about this past year you know um one of my athletes was familiar with me kind of connecting a previous athlete the year before with TJ's program, right? Yep. End up signing on with TJ and getting a scholarship with TJ. And, and this young player who's coming up underneath the player from last year um, just wasn't getting the amount of looks, and he knew the, the connection that I was able to do for this other player, and he came to me, right? Coach Bradley, I need your help, man. I'm just, I'm just not getting the looks, right? You know what I can do on the court. And, and he can play. I'm not going to lie. He can play, and he's certainly there. And it's an interesting thing because the first three years in high school, this he had major character issues, and he admitted that, right? And he knew it. He some in school suspensions, at time missing practice, and he was one of those. But in in respect to him, he turned the corner significantly. But he hadn't given me enough of a of a sample Proven, size. Yeah, yeah, long enough. Yeah. And and he came to me around December, and I told him that like I wouldn't even consider sending anything to anyone until mid March. And I, and I told him, I said, listen, I, I'm so proud of how you've turned the corner, right? But, yeah, I have a few relationships with college coaches, but I need to fully trust that you are a different player and that you're a different leader. And, and I can't do it unless – and, and he, 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 he said, I respect that, coach. I said, let's come back around. And right there on the spot, I put an alarm on my phone that March 15th that it, he and I would reconnect. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that I'd circle back up and see how things are going, seeing if he's continuing the path that he was going on, and, and then we could explore there. And, and then at that point, I'd, I'd want to help him, right? But I, I think at the end of the day, like, coaches, ask yourself, like, how intentional are you with trying to help get your players to the next level? Okay, do you have a plan in place? Is it something you're intentional? Are you knowledgeable on the process? If a player came to you right now, would you be able to walk them step by step and their parents through it? Do you have any tools in place that could help enhance them, right? To maybe differentiate them, to, to maybe get them a little bit uh, um, more uh, attention from that college coach? Like, what do you have in place? I, I think it's part of our responsibility, and it should be something we look forward to, right? Yeah. Like, if I'm a coach, that would make me, like, I know Coach Humphrey with Brandon Simpson, who's down at Emmanuel. Yeah. He loved, like, 
watching Brandon do what he did and be part of that by championship the way, that team. Was, and stuff. That was a good job of recruiting by you. Hey, that was a good know, pickup. TJ has not uh, compensated me for that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I saved them a lot of trips to Maryland. You know I'm what I mean? I'm telling you, that was a good freshman. I think so. To put my bow on this, Adam, for your NLP, so you can give me royalties later when you create it. Mm-hmm. Is there's four stages? Okay, you ready? You just came up with this. I did. The first stage is the finding out what the what the kid wants. Okay, so you, the coach, having the conversation. I think it starts early, and you start the dreaming process. What, what are your dreams? And it starts early in high school, and you, you have continuous conversation. The second phase is the informative education process. What does playing college basketball look like? What are academic requirements? You know, how many scholarships does does a school at different levels offer? Um, what what kind? How can and TJ and I talked about this on a podcast episode recently. You know, how do I can I stack money? Okay, was that the second stage? Third stage is no. That was the third stage. No, no, or that was the second, second stage. stage. Yeah, third no. stage is is the the player meeting the coach's criteria for the coach to put his neck out there mm-hmm. and. Are you showing up to off-season workouts? Are you being a phenomenal teammate? Are you giving your maximum effort or whatever the criteria is? Once you've met that, the fourth and final stages, now you can roll me in the process of then going out and promoting you to college coaches. I like that term. You've, you've now enrolled me into this process yeah. with you. Yeah. I, 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 I've external bought, level. Yeah. Internally, we've already started it. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Really. I thought you'd like it. Hey, that, I mean, unbelievable. You want to be my business partner on this new adventure? Let's do it. Hey, there you go. Listen, let us know what you think about today's episode. Tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle. Sam filling in for TJ, as always, doing a phenomenal job. I am Adam. We are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out.